Welcome to the Pharma Sales and Tech Podcast. Join Artem, Stefan, Ruslan, and Chris as we explore the latest trends and developments in the pharmaceutical industry with a focus on sales and technology. From cutting-edge innovations to practical tips and strategies, our expert guests will provide valuable insights to help you stay ahead of the game. Tune in to stay informed, inspired, and connected with the world of pharma sales. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. So here's Stefan and from Platforce, and we have our usual episode of the Pharma Sales and Tech podcast. And today we have a guest from all the way from Singapore. His name is Sushil Kandare. He works for GSK Pharma, and obviously he's here because he has a lot of knowledge share with us. I'm welcoming our guest and I think Sushil can do his own intro because he will do it much better than I do. Welcome Sushil. Thank you so much Stefan and it's wonderful to speak with you and all your audience. My name is Sushil, Sushil Katre. I am working now with pharma industry for almost 22 years. I'm a chartered marketer and a microbiologist and would like to call myself a health sales and marketing leader who has been very fortunate to work in multiple global, regional and country experiences. One interesting thing about me, I take a lot of pride in saying that you name a subdomain within healthcare from pharmaceuticals, vaccines, consumer health, medical devices, diagnostics, or even healthcare advertising. I was fortunate to get opportunities and learn from her. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Nice to hear that. So tell us more about like your role at GSK, your current role about in, at GSK. Thank you. So my current role is working as a CX director for GCI region. So I will explain what it means. CX is the customer experience. And for us in GSK, GCI is a region, which is greater China and intercontinental as a market. This is one of the most exciting places right now in terms of the market and also as an organization. And we are working currently on a lot of exciting areas with technology, MI, AL involved, and also looking at things such as, you know, generative AI, as well as work creating an impact and creating a great experience for our customers to ensure that there is a patient impact. So that's in a nutshell what I do. Mm, nice. So would you say the customer experience, like in my head, customer experience is part of the sales experience. Would you, would you agree with that or disagree with that? Why? Absolutely. I think you are not incorrect in saying that selling plays a very important role. And it also depends on how you look at selling. If you're looking at selling as a process, then definitely that is the end result or an ideal end result for every organization. But for us, when we're looking at it, it is an experience as a transaction as well. And when you're working in pharmaceutical, every transaction should lead to a better impact on patients, better impact on health of people and better impact on society. So definitely selling is part of that. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. In, um, because in, in teams that I was before, you know, I worked in, in companies outside farm as well, 
the customers. So when you create like a go-to-market strategy and entry, entry market strategy, actually, usually the product, the product team, the customer's success, customer experience team, sales and marketing, they all form sort of a team, like the A team, right? When you, which will define the strategy when you go into a new market or you go with a new pharma product into a new market. And that's why I'm saying and CSM, actually CSM sales's job is like, you know, get onboard new customers and get new customers and like sort of like start the track. But CSM is eventually, is, and, and like if the experience is not there, that white glove experience, that great experience they can give customers, then they will leave eventually. And I think the role of customer experience is way, way underrated, like it's very underrated. So I think with great customer experience, you can actually win deals. You know, no matter like sales being there or not, but that's my personal opinion, you know? No, absolutely. And I think, uh, Stefan, you really put a very important point there that, you know, the, our sales colleague in general, and I'm not just talking about our organization, but across the pharma industry, they have a very important function, very important job. And that is to ensure that. The transaction, whether it is related to promotion, whether it is related to selling, is creating a good experience for the executive. And when we say good experience, what it actually means is giving the right information for the right product to ensure that the right patient is getting the right medication at the right time. And therefore, for me, as a team, as a function, plays a very important role. And I think since you, with your own experience, you must have seen it right from looking at go-to-market models, when you're looking at the strategy or even looking at implementation or when you're looking at after the implementation, how the results have been, you would always see that it finally boils down to only two things. Have we created an impact? And, then, and when you measure an impact, there are only two ways. One is how many patient life you have impacted and how positive the experience has been for your customers. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Great to hear that. What would you, before in your previous role, you've been doing sales, right? So do you have any like maybe examples of like sales strategy or go-to-market strategies that you've helped orchestrate in the past? Absolutely. So I will talk about the strategy related to one of the vaccines in one of my you know, previous assignments. And yes. this is a great, great assignment uh, because when you I love working on vaccines. It's a great area to be in because you really can see the impact on you know patients. And I think the world has seen pretty recently how the world may look like without vaccines at the beginning of the last epidemic that we faced as a humanity. So this experience of sales was related to a new launch of the vaccine. I'm not going to share the name of the organization or the product. Okay, but if you're looking at a vaccine that is a world's first vaccine for a disease which has a very low awareness, then you really need to come up with a very unique market strategy. And our strategy involved not just working on increasing the awareness, the risk, and uh, the impact related communication, but it also involved talking to the right customers at the right time. And the part of that was actually one, ensuring that our sales team is not talking about the product first. For almost the first two to three calls, our whole idea was to ensure that we talk about the disease. We talk about how much impact it, it creates. 
And when you're working on a disease which is normally neglected, such as malaria or dengue, then typically people know about the disease, but they do not know the solution or they do not have that perception of severity about the disease. So I think the whole idea was to first ensure that our sales teams are capable. So we worked with some great people in that organization to ensure that our sales teams are properly trained. But also the practical aspect of this was talking to the doctors only about the dreadful nature of the disease and ensuring that they understand, one, that this disease is really serious. Number two, other than the ways in which currently the disease is managed, there is actually now a solution that they can use. And the third part is working on this solution is meant for very specific patient population or very specific audience. So how do you identify that patient? How do you identify that? Are the type of messages that we look So right from segmentation, targeting, right up to the actual delivery of the message, everything was, you know, planned in such a way that we are taking our ethics on the journey from being not aware to at least aware, then being concerned, then being a trialist of our product and then ultimately becoming a regular prescriber with the right patient population. So we are very happy and in the end, we are very happy to see that, you know, it started showing the impact. If you're looking at the prescriptions, if you're looking at even the awareness levels in the launch trackers, we could see that there was a positive impact. So I take a lot of satisfaction out of this assignment that with the help of our sales colleagues, we could actually create an impact in this market for this dreadful. That's a good, this is a very good point. I would say, my, because my next is reflecting on the, you know, usage of data and analytics and, you know, driving one's sales performance. And I was thinking in this particular exa- example, you have a very good example. How do you use like data and analytics to like, to drive your decisions, right? And I think that's a wonderful question, Stefan, because I would say if you do not use data, then you're shooting it in the dark. And let's take a look at any business plan, brand plan, or a sales execution plan. I would roughly divide it into four stages. Insights, generation, planning, execution, and monitoring. And I would say data is needed at every single stage, especially more important at the beginning stage. And of course, as you know, when you're looking at data, you're looking at inside data, outside data, there are just there's audit data available from, you know, different providers for you to look at it. So finding the right data is really very important when you're looking at it. But most importantly, we also now live in a information jungle. So with years of experience that you spend in the industry, a skill set starts getting developed, which is to find it the right data. As I think you must have heard this saying that, that every indicator is not the key indicator. So finding out exactly which KPIs we need to look at it on our performance, exactly which areas we need to focus on and exactly which data set we need to look at it is, I think, the most important part when you're looking at it. But and at the same time, I should say in the end that we live in the age where there is an explosion of data. But at the same time, there are so many wonderful tools that are available that I would encourage everyone to explore related to predictive data, 
analysis as well as seeing the customer trend. If you are a sales colleague, I would recommend you to not just look at data as something that is rocket science, but starts from the simple steps like identify what are your customer trends. What is it that you think therefore should be your prescription pattern and what should be your action to ensure that you are creating an impact? I would add to this. I'm, I've had already okay. many interviews and I can say with 100% certainty that AI, everyone is so afraid in the pharma about AI is coming and we'll lose our jobs. It's very like, not necessarily you need to use ChatGPT, but you can use tools which are built based on ChatGPT where you don't sort of like where your private data will not flow into the public pool. And I think you can use that. You can use these AI tools to basically give you the patterns and they'll show you trends, which will make your sales activity way more predictable. But I will, I want to say something about, I have a question actually for you. So. Mm -hmm. In your current role in customer experience, customer success, what, and it's very highly regulated industry, like what KPIs do you use and do you use any, like, what's your approach? Do you use any tools? Like, how do you use them? You know, I want our audience to like learn from the best. Absolutely. So if you're looking at my role or my teams, our teams, my organization, how we look at KPIs as a topic, definitely the whole decision is to be driven by data. The way in which we are looking at creating an impact, the process is called DDCX, which actually means data-driven customer experience. So you can see the first two words are related to the data. And when we are looking at it, it's important that you know, you're creating a good CX or a good ex customer experience. That should result in a right patient impact. So doing it in a right way is equally important. And therefore, if you're looking at it, I would say a typical ways in which you would look at it, whether it is lack KPIs or the lead KPIs is one way to do it. But also what is really important is, you know, what data sources that you use. We use third-party data, we use data which is, you know, used in a very ethical manner. There are some strict rules and regulations in terms of how do you process the data, personal data, and we are, and as a, you know, responsible organization, we are always comply to the local rules and regulations related to this topic. But in the end, you know, understand this part that we are there to understand the data and not the other way around. We shouldn't become the slaves of the process, but mostly we should take the decision basis. And it is also connected to your previous question, step, and that, you know, would AI come and take the job? I would say it's understandable. It's a human nature to feel fearful about unknown. When the electricity was invented, when internet was invented, or when automobiles were invented, we did feel fearful about these changes, but we need to embrace the changes with the right mindset is really important. So if you're asking the data sources, we use a lot of external data sources from prescription audit, as well as the customer behavior. And when we take our own efforts, we measure our own efforts as well as the data. How many emails have been sent? How many touch points have been Okay. executed and in the end what is the impact of that a correlation between your lag and lead is very important for you to know what is working what is not so that you can continuously refine your strategies to ensure that you're creating a right type of engagement giving a superior customer experience than your competitors but most importantly 
it is giving you, you know, the right patient impact. At the end of the day, in pharma industry, we are all there to create an impact in the patient's life. So measurement of that is, I think, the most important thing when it comes to data. Okay, so, yeah, data is important, but it's also important to follow your gut instinct. That's what I'm saying. Because, well, because data gives you, well, any sort of any analysis you'll do with any, any AI, it will show you patterns, but it's important to understand that it's also historical. These are all historical values. So there is based on the values you had in the past and nobody knows the future. So it's also important as a, you are a scientist, right? So you're a scientist and a salesperson. So I guess you understand that as a researcher, sometimes you have to go beyond the data. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's the best thing that, you know, that I would always tell that to anybody who says that can the technology replaces me because you exactly answered that part that there is a data, but you would need a human. You would need a human to take that leap of faith. You need a human to understand whether I'm doing a right thing or not. You need a human to come up with the creative solutions, you know, that will actually address the customer need. So absolutely, I feel aligned with what you said. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. So let's talk about like some challenges. What were the, maybe, maybe you want to talk about what challenges did you have in your customer? What challenges do you see for yourself in your previous role or your existing role? Like as you know, in customer success and maybe how you overcame those challenges. Maybe you could show some specifics, tell us about some specific challenges. That would be great. Absolutely. And because most of our audiences are coming from sales and marketing experience, I will share some of my previous experiences. So when you're looking at sales as a process, one, it's not a very easy you know, place to be in. It requires a lot of effort. But at the same time, you are working on your own many times uh, you know, in the field. And when you are in that place of a small failure, like you know, not meeting your sales target, not being able to meet your engagement targets, rejection by your customers, or sometimes whatever you're communicating or promoting about your brands, you are not seeing a desired behavioral change. I think all of us go through this, these type of failures, but I think there are also ways of looking at that. Number one thing that I always look at it is failure is a step towards success. You know, sometimes things related to endurance, not giving up, continuously trying are some of the things that we help when you have a positive attitude. So when I personally, uh, you know, look at failures, I think it is very important for me to maintain that positive attitude. Also, when you're looking at someone else who will come to me asking for help, I would say there are a lot of professional development resources that are available to find out exactly what is it that I'm still not doing it or what is it that I still need to do to ensure that I meet the thing. At the end of the day, I would say there is a Sanskrit saying, which roughly translate in English that I should do my duty, you know, and, and worry about the results later. In the time, and this is, I think, very valid, very important when you work in industries such as pharma industry, that you know that you're doing a right job till the time you're promoting the right product to the right customer, to the right patient. And you're doing it because you know that you're working for that patient. Yes, sometimes you will get that failure. Sometimes you'll meet that failure, but then never give up. At the end, think about that patient whose life you're going to change, 
with your positive attitude and with your never diet. And sometimes I have seen personally that has kept me going for, for days. Even if I haven't seen success for two days, this is something that is really helpful. So I would say mindset is really very important when you're dealing in this. But also what is important is, are we able to identify the actual problem? Are we able to work on it? Can we measure the before and after to know whether my solution has really helped in addressing my failure so that my path towards success, you know, I'm on that path and I'm walking towards. Okay, so uh, in your team, right? Like, how do you, in your existing team, or in your past team, when you had doing sales, right? How do you, like, ensure productivity and efficiency on your team when, you know, when the numbers are lacking? Right? Do you have any methods, anything you do? So, I would say whenever you're looking at performance, according to me, performance is, you know, is the function of three things. Number one, your own product knowledge. Number two, skill sets that you have. And number three, your own attitude. So my way of leadership or my way in which I work with my colleagues, and not just say with most of my colleagues, is I focus on these three areas. Am I equipped? Do I know the products that I'm selling? Do I have enough product knowledge on the products that I'm looking Second part is, do I have the skill set? Do I know how to open my calls if I'm a sales or not trainer? Do I know... Can I train my sales team to ensure that there is an effective closing of the call? What are the newer methods by which I could engage with my customer? How do I engage using omni-channel methods so that I increase my efficiency, increase my impact dealing with my customers? And then, of course, the last part is, you know, attitude. Do I have that endurance? Do I have that never see die attitude? Do I have that ambition for my own patients that I want this medicine you know, for my patients, do I have that attitude? It is all worth my. So when I'm developing on having those discussions, developmental discussions with my team member, I focus on these three. I have worked in marketing, I worked in sales, business development, commercial excellence. And I would say largely this approach has been very beneficial for me, not training, developing my own team, but also addressing their own development needs which are very specific versus the roles versus an individual. But I think overall, I would recommend. Okay. Awesome. So in regards to like, you know, we spoke about AI, we spoke about, I actually have like one or two more questions. So when we speak about like AI, we speak about new tools. First of all, how do you check for new tools? Like how do you look for new tools and new sales technologies, methods, or in your case, it's like customer experience, how they learn. And how do you like choose and, you know, what's your adoption curve in the company? How do they, how does your team adapt to these, you know, new tools and new technologies and methods? Like maybe you have a trick how to, you know, uh, scale adoption in the company. Hmm. Absolutely. So first part is how do I look at it? I would say I'm generally a very curious person. I'm very enthusiastic about new technology. I love to read. And uh, I also believe in networking. I love reaching out to people, ask them questions. How do you do things that I don't understand? So I would say staying curious helps. And of course, I dedicate some time, like mostly on Fridays, I dedicate like one hour just for my general reading so that I understand what's happening in my industry, my newer trends, newer technology. The second question related to innovation and an organizational aptitude for that. 
I would say GSK is a fairly innovative organization. We have a very high appetite for that. But at the same time, I would also say that it, it's equally important when you're working in organizations that, you know, whatever new innovations that you're looking at it, look at it from the lenses of, is it really adding a value to the patients? Number two, is it a right thing to do? There might be newer and easier and shortcut tools that may be available, but not all of them would comply with the guidelines such as data safety or patient safety. And therefore, important. And even, I would say, more important in an industry like ours to ensure that anything that you try should go through these filters to ensure that, you know, you are doing the right thing all the time. My organization, I'm incredibly lucky to work for an organization where innovation is not just encouraged, but it is celebrated. We believe in creating, you know, minimum viable products or pilots for newer technologies. So today, there are a lot of cutting edge tools and technology discussions that are happening in my organization where we are talking about not just the tools and solutions for today, but also how the pharma industry may look after five years, 10 years. Are we ready for those areas? And what is it that we should start doing it now so that we continue to, you know, create that impact for our patients? Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, I would agree with you on these things that you have to stay curious about new tools and methodologies because there is always, you know, the new thing, but you shouldn't be blinded by the new thing. It has to be useful. So, so often I see the adoption curve starting okay. like this. And then it goes like this, going down. People don't adopt the tool because it's at the end of the day, it's behavior that you need to change with the new methodology. And people are very resistant in to change, very resistant to change. I I have a like sort of a one question. So are you guys so customer experience? Maybe you know when your company does customer support. Are you guys using any AI or are you planning to use any AI? Because I've seen a few pharma companies. Uh, like smaller ones, they've implemented some sort of ChatGPT with their own ChatGPT in-house built for like customer support and success. And it's built them and it's brought them like some good numbers, some good results. Like, are you guys planning to do that? Maybe you saw anything in the industry. I would say not just my organization. I think the entire pharma industry is looking at, you know, the newer AI tools and how can uh, they be utilized in a compliant manner. To give you an example, one of my previous organizations that I worked with, they have launched a chat GPT for their internal audience. And Ooh, I imagine we often that, you know, there are external audiences for whom we need to work on, but these big companies have more than 100,000, 80,000 employees at time. They need chat GPTs to just ask simple question. Hey, where am I, where is my salary coming in? Or when can I find my salary slip or how do I apply for a leave? Now, for these questions, many times you will either be lost in the big organization or sometimes you just do not know where to find this information. So companies are starting, you know, in these areas to look at it. Also looking at, you know, areas like WTRS. I mean, imagine a product is launched. There are multiple indications in different countries and every country has its own rules and regulations, what you can promote, what you cannot. But imagine you feed in these things in the system you are able to generate, you know, uh, newer material, newer promotional material in seconds. Of course, yeah. you would always need it to ensure that, you know, you're doing a right job because 
you don't want in our, in our industry you don't want people to you know suffer because of wrong medication or a wrong ways in which an information is communicated so that's the only area where i would say every organization needs to be careful and i hope every organization like ours are careful indeed okay cool okay my last question would be as someone who is a seasoned leader in the pharma and industry what would be your advice to newly starting leaders in let's say in sales and in customer success customer engagement so i would say two things i have two mantras for the new leaders one stay informed number two stay grounded stay informed because a lot of new things are coming up our way but that's how it has always been in the pharma industry there's always something new that is around the corner so it is important to stay abreast of the newer technologies newer trends related to the newer therapies as well as these technological advancements that are happening but at the same time stay grounded as well and that means even though there will be technology there will be there will be newer things that will be coming in the basics of humanity will not change if as a sales person i need to create an impact i need to be impactful in my communication i need to have the right knowledge with me these basics will never go away the purpose of an our person is is really very important so if you have a purpose to be in this industry then that is also staying grounded so i think these are the two most important things for anybody to be staying informed and staying grounded because these are the two things that will help you to create an impact for your own personal growth as well as you know for your organization okay makes a lot of sense Sushil, thank you so much for this episode. For our audience, we are going to hear more f- from Sushil because I think he's a great guest and we'll sit down next year about a new episode with Sushil. Maybe in a new role, who knows? Because this guy is very talented, as you guys easily could hear that. And he can take any challenge, be it in marketing, sales, or customer engagement, customer success. So thank you Sushil, so much for your wisdom. It was my pleasure. Wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting me and thank you so much. All the very best for the show and to all your own. Have a wonderful Thank you. Thank you.